0: CB On Air, cutting-edge conversations with those in the central banking community. Hello, and welcome back to CB On Air's Womenomics series. I'm Rachel King, Associate Editor for Central Banking. Today, Martin Sehak from the International Monetary Fund is joining me. Thank you so much for joining me today, Martin. Good morning. Um, so, the, so the topic of today's discussion concerns the paper you and your colleague Ratna Seha wrote earlier this year, which looked into why women are underrepresented within the financial system both from the perspective of women as users and providers of financial services. Um, what What was kind of the impetus behind you conducting this piece of research?
1: Um, the research built on the previous work that we've done which was about the link between financial inclusion and, and the macroeconomy and our our interest was in the effect of financial inclusion on growth and financial stability. So in an earlier paper, we we were one of the first to show the macroeconomic aspects of financial inclusion. And one of the angles that we wanted to go into much more deeply was the, the aspect of gender inclusion. And we wanted to broaden the analysis and look not only at and women as users of finance, but also as women as providers of finance, as bank CEOs and bank board members, and as women as supervisors of finance, and and we we had quite a quite a number of new data that we wanted to to use uh, to analyze this issue.
0: So where were you getting your data from?
1: it's a combination of data that uh, one is uh, from the country authorities we have something called the IMF's financial access survey so for the first time this uh, year we we got the gender decomposed data from from administrative sources like central banks and supervisory agencies on women users this was really the first time we have this kind of comprehensive uh, cross country database and two we we went into individual central bank websites and other uh, information sources on on women leaders so we had uh, sort of hand compiled data on CEOs and uh, heads of supervision agencies.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay and obviously there is there is this well-known link that women tend to not have the same proliferation rate as men when it comes to the use of financial services Um, but did, did you also kind of find there was a an underrepresentation of women as providers of financial services as well?
1: Yeah, in fact, the, the, the gaps at the top at the level of uh, providers are, are even bigger than at the level of, um, of users. So, so for users, the, the global gap is somewhere in the range of 9 percentage points uh, and it has been uh, shrinking slowly over time. Uh, but at the level of uh, bank CEOs, we found that only 2% of our sample are uh, women at, at the level of board members it's about uh, it's less than twenty percent of bank board members and and the numbers are roughly similar for for the supervisory agencies as well
0: Why do you think that is
1: Well, I think it's uh we we have some hypotheses why why it may be case I mean one is uh, there may be inherent uh, biases in the hiring practices. There may be also some selection bias why why women prefer some jobs than than others, and and our paper digs a little bit into what what the underlying reasons may be. But certainly, the the gaps uh, at the level of um, bank bank uh, CEOs and bank board members have been much much larger and uh, been quite persistent.
0: Now we're we're seeing this trend as well in our in our data when we look at kind of the higher echelons of central banks, I mean, you'll know that there are very few female governors. Um, and also at board level, you're very, very rarely find a woman in a supervisory role. Um, now, there there are policies in place at the moment that have helped foster greater inclusion of women in the use of financial services, but there doesn't seem to have been this push to get, get the same kind of inclusion rates in, in women as supervisors. Now, where do you think that effort needs to come from? Is it the central banks that need to sit up and, and do something, or is it, is it you guys at the IMF putting out this research and kind of holding them to account?
1: Yeah, I think that one important thing is first to get better data and better documentation. And uh, again, I think one, one part of our effort was really to highlight the gaps in, in the available data. Uh, especially once you move outside the small number of advanced economies. So then having cross-country comparable data is 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 the first uh, first important step. We also found that the story is not not as simple that by by increasing uh, the the diversity in in provision of services, you necessarily uh, increase gender inclusion. Uh, it, it, It was surprising that some of the FinTech um, or, or new financial service providers uh, that, that uh, you know, in principle we, would, we expect them to to contribute to greater inclusion in terms of women users because, you know, because through di- digital access you're more likely to promote uh, women participation as users. Uh, those also tend to be relatively less gender diverse when it comes to leaders. So. so um, it may be their history uh, coming from the from the technology industry, but, but they tend to be actually less diverse than some of the more traditional um, providers of financial services. Uh, when we looked uh, by type of provider, it was uh, it's usually cooperative banks that, that tend to have actually the highest uh, level of gender inclusion.
0: I think you're probably right about the tech industry also having having this issue. So it doesn't surprise me that these fintechs have have the same problem now if we dig a little bit more into your kind of like key findings um i don't know whether you you touched on it but what is the worst case scenario here if we don't change these figures if if women continue to not have a seat at the the top table when it comes to managing financial services
1: mm-hmm Um, So we have two sets of results. One is uh, for the institutions. So we looked at the banks and other providers, and the other one is for the regulators. And so in the first set of results, we look at stability of of individual institutions. So we have some measures for their capitalization and and their riskiness, um, such as the level of non-performing loans and the variation in their earnings. And we we find that uh, after controlling for manufacturers, uh, there's more stability. You'll, we observe more stability in, in those financial institutions. And then we looked at the level of countries, uh, again, measures of stability of financial sector. And, and we got a similar, even though weaker result uh, with the boards of supervisors that have more women, we found that there is, uh, there is a relatively higher stability. Um, now again, I mentioned earlier that the, the data has uh, some constraints, so we couldn't really fully look into causality so what what is driving what uh, we 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 control for some common factors that may be driving both uh, uh, participation of women and and stability um so so those factors we could control for um but then we so sort of, we we discussed three hypotheses why we may observe more stability one is of course women may be better supervisors they, they may have some na- natural uh, traits uh, that make them better better supervisors although and, and empirical studies that we have don't necessarily support that uh, conclusion so we, we do a meta analysis of micro studies and they generally they generally find that uh, women are more risk averse but it's also quite context dependent so so we, you know it doesn't necessarily mean that the women on, in general, are better supervisors, which leads us to the other two hypotheses. So, so one is that um, because of the underlying biases in hiring practices, uh, the women that you hire on on boards or in le- leadership position on average are better than the men that you hire. And the last the last hypothesis is the fact that when you have a board composed of uh, uh, of people with different backgrounds, whether it's by education or other factors uh, such as gender you may have more, you may end up with uh, better decisions uh, at the level of, of the supervisory agency. And again, with our data, the honest answer, we are not able to distinguish between these two hypotheses, so it may well be a combination of both, that you have uh, some underlying hiring pra- um, uh, biases, and at the same time, you also have uh, this benefit that you reap from, you know, having more diverse boards.
0: It's interesting that your your three hypotheses actually correlate with themes we've picked up in previous episodes because, I mean, we've we've talked extensively about groupthink and how just introducing different kind of backgrounds introduces a different point of view and brings up risks. But um, in our last episode, we were talking to uh, a lady about reserve management and why women tend to be attracted to reserve management roles and whether that is because they feel they can manage risk better and that may also be reflected in in why when we do see women at the at the top of these these regulatory agencies they are the cream of the crop um so can i just double check let me get this right that you're saying that in general if we if we have women in these top roles the financial system will be safer
1: mhm yeah that's that's the observational that we make uh, that's what that's the finding of our analysis uh the, the difficulty with interpreting the results is that, of course, the, the women, because the overall fraction I mentioned is about 20% of women. Uh, so again, the question, of course, if you move from 20 to 50 and 60 and, you know, to higher higher ratios, what the effect would be then? But certainly what we observe with, with this lower representation that we have now is that, you know, having more women lowers uh, your uh, risk of of a crisis or your your exposure to to financial sector risk.
0: Mm-hmm. So if if we flip flip the scenario on its head, if if we'd had more women in these senior positions in these big financial regulators in two thousand and eight, do you think we wouldn't have had the crash?
1: <laughs> it's always difficult to do a proper you know controlled experiment, right? Uh, so. And our data do cover the period uh, before and after the crisis, so so to to, that ex- you know, to some extent uh, we do capture that, that effect. So we you know again based on the data that we have, we we observe that the countries that had more women were more insulated from from stress. Uh, again, I I don't want to overinterpret the the result. But, uh, of course, you know, and there's no proper risk. Uh, uh, you know uh, uh, experiment in in policy, but certainly this is what we've seen. Hmm.
0: Do you think there's a way that we could potentially model this going forward if if we kind of I don't know whether we could maybe stress banks and have women on the board and then see how they'd fare is that do you think there's a way we could maybe do that?
1: Well, I think the the answer goes back to my uh, the previous point we discussed on 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 data, and uh, we found uh, surprisingly that uh, it just getting basic data on uh, even the use of finance is, is, has been quite complicated, uh, and, and 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 kind of similar issue appears for for the uh, the women leaders again. Finding consistent data has been quite hard. So I think that that's one one thing before we get to. Some sophisticated analysis, I think we need to have, um, even for the countries that have committed themselves to promote this as an important policy issue, to, to start compiling data on, on a consistent basis. But but I think that the, it's, it's an important point, and I think part of the analysis that we made was, that the, our objective was to to highlight these uh, trade-offs and, and synergies between um, inclusiveness, and, and both in terms of financial sector and in terms of gender inclusion, and, and the traditional micro-financial policies. Um, so, you know, I think that part of the um, the, the findings uh, of our paper is that you know you shouldn't sort of treat them as as two separate silos. That you know, by by you know addressing addressing the lack of inclusion or or trying to close the gaps, you can also have an impact on on macro policies.
0: So, the the IMF is kind of a hub for for financial data. Will you? Start asking for this data from regulators on a more regular basis now, or? Uh,
1: well, for now, I think this is uh, we've done a sort of early research, and uh, I, I think it's more of a proof of concept. Uh, when it comes to the regulators, uh, when it comes to the users, uh, IMF is indeed a hub. So the the financial access survey that, that I mentioned is, is it's it's a comprehensive. Uh, data set that covers about 190 countries and uh, again for since, since this year we a standard part of the survey is uh, gender decomposed uh, data so so that's that's part of our contribution uh, and and even there we found that some some countries that have uh, their national inclusion strategies uh, they don't necessarily uh, compile this data in some some cases it may be that they the supervised institutions don't have the data ready. In, in other cases, it may be their own, you know, either legal or resource uh, constraint that prohibit them from compiling this kind of data. So, yeah, I think it's, it's certainly one. It, it's, it's an important priority for us, and it's not something that um, it's a one-off. I think the compiling consistent data will require many more years of, of effort.
0: Mm, well, I'm sure your paper will flag this issue so that next year when you do that do the survey more countries will be able to put forward the granular data that you need
1: yeah absolutely i think that this is again this is an annual annual effort and um hopefully uh you know when when we will be able to demonstrate that this this, this data can can be used for policy analysis you know then more and more countries will will see that this, this is a use uh, both for them and for their peers
0: Mm-hmm. So, other than the research that you're doing, do you think there is any other sort of role that the IMF should play in helping to foster this diversity both in financial use and kind of financial providers for services? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah the, the IMF has uh, one it has its uh, convening power so it's it's an issue that uh, our, our managing director and, and others from the IMF have been attracting attention to and they've been pointing it uh, at, at the, in different uh, forum um, so so that's one but the the other thing is we have uh, sort of this regular annual discussions with country authorities and again I think this, uh, this is an opportunity for us to bring it, the attention of the higher-level policymakers. So, so again, that it, uh, the issue is that sometimes we see that uh, inclusiveness in terms of gender or financial inclusion is seen as a more of a social um, topic rather than a part of the macroeconomic policy setup. So. So part, part of our effort is to, to make, make this a more regular part of what we call our uh, IMF surveillance, uh, more of the discu- regular discussion with country authorities.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, some of these issues that we've looked at in the past, So, I know that IMF, when it first began looking at climate change, it built on research and it's now kind of set goals and targets. Do you think we'll get to a point where the IMF will set similar sorts of goals and targets for this particular issue?
1: Um, yeah, I think it will take. We uh, yeah, are at the research stage. I think at this point, I, I think that it, uh I, I always. I think it's important to build up to some data and analytical base before uh, before you put a target. I think that would be kind of putting the car before the horse in this case. I think it's. Uh, I think that's not the objective. I think what our study documents is that the the gaps are quite quite significant. But even with the data that we have, I think what what is clear that uh, there's there's a major uh, ma- major difference between women and men participation in the financial sector.
0: Yeah, something definitely needs to change. Um, so, other than gather the data that would help you guys obviously inform your research better, is is there anything that regulators should be doing? Obviously, some are implementing financial inclusion strategies they're opening up their economy to more kind of innovation, which has, hasn't had an impact on provision of services. Is, is there anything else that you think they should be doing?
1: Well, m- many regulators, again, have been very active in this area. Roughly 60 countries nowadays have uh, these national financial inclusion strategies and many of them have explicit uh, targets for for gender inclusion. Uh, so I think that this is something worthwhile. Again, with with these two caveats, I think that one is that the uh, uh, targets are great, but they need to be supported with uh, consistent data compilation. So, so at, you know, one is of course reporting of the data to the IMF, but then the countries, for their own purposes, they should compile the data. And and the second point is is uh, making sure that the, these national inclusion strategies are well linked to other policies that the same countries. Uh, undertake, whether it's fiscal or macroprudential or, or other um, macro policies. And again, uh, it's, I think by and large, the, most of our um, interactions bring this out, but uh, there's certainly more scope to be done on on the interplay between, finan- let say, financial inclusion and financial stability or financial inclusion mm-hmm. and economic growth.
0: Yes. Um, I know you mentioned earlier that you didn't think the two were intrinsically linked, but if you saw an increase in the number of women who were using financial services, do you think um, after a period of time we'd also see the number of women in regulatory roles increase? Because I feel that once women have integrated themselves into the economy, they ask for more, they demand for more from their, their financial institutions and they expect to see themselves represented.
1: Yeah. Uh, thanks for bringing it up. We we do mention it in our study as as one interesting observation. But I think at this stage, it's not. I, I would I would really stop at saying it's an interesting observation. So we see that post crisis, the countries that have made the most progress on uh, women's access to finance are also countries that have seen uh, relatively larger in, increases in the um, in the representation of women in provision and supervision of financial services. So that. We, we have seen that these two things have been moving hand, to, hand in hand, but it's, uh, I mean, one, it's, it's relatively short period of, of time, um, and it's really based only at uh, these sort of cross-country uh, comparisons. But, but yeah, I think, as, as you mentioned, it's something that uh, may be reasonable ex- to expect uh, over a longer period of mm-hmm. time.
0: Another piece of research then later on down the line.
1: Yeah, it's definitely something that requires more, more research. I would be very very cautious in saying that one causes the other. I mean, it's, it it may well be that uh, first need to start on, on top, and then sort of having you know having more women leaders may help to contribute uh, to to greater use. But it may also be very well be the other way around, as you mentioned, that uh, having more women leaders, uh, sorry, women users, uh, get reflected in more women leaders finance.
0: Well, I look forward to reading it when uh, when you put it mm-hmm. out. <laughs> um, that's actually all we've got time for today. Um, so thank you so much for, for joining me. Um, it's been interesting to discuss your research because I know it, it's, an, um, it's an issue close to the IMF and also for the sector more broadly. So thank you so much for joining me.
1: It's been a great pleasure. Thank you.
0: Um, to our readers, please tune in with us next month for our final podcast of 2018, where we'll be... S- discussing in more detail whether gender targets can be a success.